Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Now you've heard the advice that each scene should advance your plot, raise the stakes and reveal character. And that's all true. But how do you actually do all that? Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. are a series of scenes strung together. They're like beads on a necklace. Scenes are the building blocks of your story. Each scene is a structured, self-contained unit of story time. But how do you create scenes that draw us in every single time? that make it hard for us to put the book down, that make it almost impossible for us to stop reading. Now, you've heard the advice that each scene should advance your plot, raise the stakes, and reveal character. And that's all true. But how do you actually do all that? Now, before we dive in, let's talk about the difference between scene and summary. Sometimes writers think they're writing scene when they're actually writing summary. So it's written in a kind of shorthand. Summary is useful when you want to compress time where nothing significant happens. In summary, it's already happened, but in scene, it's happening. It's unfolding in real time for us. It's vivid and immediate. Now, scenes can include summary, of course, but you want to use summary sparingly. You want to use summary strategically. Scenes are for significant moments that demand to be slowed down. You don't want to gloss over significant moments in your story. You want to dramatize those moments in real time, in scene. Scene is for turning points, confrontations, moments of insight, revelation. It's where the action is played out for the reader. It's not where your character spends several paragraphs or pages 
thinking about the past or what's about to happen. It plunges the reader into a tactile world where the characters are acting this scene out much like they do in a film or on the stage. For example, if Jared jumps into the river to escape a horde of zombies, don't write, Jared thought about how cold and rough the water would be. No, bring us there. Give us the physical sensations and let us experience the moment of impact. Let us experience the cold, rough, wild river with him. Each scene should give your character four things. Number one, motivation. Every scene should be driven by an immediate desire. Number two, at least one plot problem or new piece of information, insight, or revelation for your protagonist. Number three, conflict. There should be an antagonist or a situation that your protagonist will react to. Number four, complications. Each situation or interaction should make your plot and the consequences more complicated for your protagonist. So let's use the second scene in Neil Gaiman's novel, American Gods, as an example. Now, if you listen to last week's podcast episode, episode 78, we deconstructed the first scene of the novel. So that's episode 78, five elements of a riveting first scene. I'll link in the show notes. So the first scene takes place in a prison and Shadow, who's about to be released after three years served, has just learned that his wife, Laura, has died in a car crash. So here's a quick snapshot of the scene that follows. Number one, immediate desire. He wants to get home to his wife's funeral. Number two, plot problem. There's a raging storm and his flight has been redirected far from his destination. Number three, there's a catalyst here, bad weather. And then he meets his antagonist, Mr. Wednesday, who Shadow can't seem to get away from, no matter how hard he tries. And number four, complications. Everything that happens makes life for Shadow more complicated and interferes with him getting to his destination. So we have all these balls in the air. Now, it's helpful to get clear on each of your scene's intentions. So you want to ask, number one, what does your character want to achieve by the end of the scene? What are his or her immediate desires in this scene? Now, your character might want to make up with his wife, or he may want to get to the 16th floor of the building when he has a phobia about elevators. She may want to attract the handsome guy at the party, but your character will come into the scene with an intention, a goal. Number two, will your character get what he or she wants? Or 
will he or she meet interference or opposition? How will your protagonist react? Number three, who will help your character get what he or she wants? And who will oppose or interfere? It could be the weather. It could be your character's own resistance. It might be a person. It might be a combination of all of those. And question four, and this is important, is the scene's intention relevant to your overall plot? It should relate to your character's core desire. It doesn't matter what your character wants in the scene. He may just want to cross the street or sell his sofa or get a glass of water. Shadow wants to get home to his wife's funeral. Your scene intention just needs to be relevant to your plot. You want to think of your scene as a mini version of your main storyline. Same desire, meeting the same resistance, just in different variations, different situations, different dramatizations. A great example of this is Lolita. In Lolita, every scene is a version of Humbert trying to win Lolita's affections. He wants her love, he wants her respect, and in every scene, he's thwarted. Scene after scene, she withholds that love. So what does your character come into the scene wanting? What's the intention? Will your character get it? Or will your character meet resistance or interference or opposition? And who or what will help or thwart them? So once you have your scene intention, It's time to structure your scene. Remember, a scene is like a mini version of your main storyline. It has a beginning, middle, and end, and each has its own job to do. Your beginning re-engages your reader into your protagonist's plot problem. Your middle complicates things. Your ending lands the scene and sets up the scenes that follow. So let's break it down. Your scene beginning. A scene beginning may pick up in the middle of the action or continue where another scene left off. The beginning is where you re-engage your reader into the plot and into your story problem, and it will bring us deeper into the moral structure of your story. You want to get your characters onto the page as soon as possible. Don't linger with backstory or exposition or summary. That said, a scene beginning is one of the places where you can use summary to remind your readers where they've been or to give necessary background to give context for what's about to happen. But you want to be as sparse as possible with summary. The sooner you bring us into the action, the more momentum you create to urge us forward. A good rule of thumb here. If you're launching your scene with a summary, you want to get your characters into play by the second or third paragraph. So here's an example from American Gods. The second scene picks up where we left off. 
The first scene ended with the warden walking Shadow back to his cell after delivering the news of his wife's death. The next scene starts with a brief summary. Numbly, he packed up his possessions, gave several away, and left behind Loki's Heroditis and the Book of Coin Tricks, and with a momentary pang, he abandoned the black metal discs he had smuggled out of the workshop, which had, until he found Loki's change in the book, served him for coins. There would be coins, real coins, on the outside. He shaved. He dressed in civilian clothes. He walked through door after door, knowing that he would never walk through them again, feeling empty inside. Now notice how the details give life to this summary. We really aren't aware that it's even summary. It's not just empty exposition, it's active. But then we move into action in the second paragraph. By the time they got to the bus, they were soaked. Eight of them were leaving, Shadow thought, 1,500 still inside. He sat on the bus and shivered until the heater started working, wondering what he was doing, where he was going now. So we're brought into the present moving action of the story in the second paragraph. But here's an example of a scene beginning that plunges us straight into the action. And this happens a little bit later in the story. I have taken the liberty, said Mr. Wednesday, washing his hands in the men's room of Jack's crocodile bar, of ordering food for myself to be delivered to your table. We have much to discuss, after all. I don't think so, said Shadow. He dried his own hands on a paper towel and crumpled it and dropped it into the bin. You need a job, said Wednesday. People don't hire ex-cons. You folk make them uncomfortable. I have a job waiting a good job. Would that be at the muscle farm? Maybe, said Shadow. Nope, you don't. Robbie Barton's dead. Without him, the muscle farm's dead too. You're a liar. Okay, so when you show the action, the reader participates. In this example, we see the characters in conflict One wants something from the other, and the other is not willing to give it. And new information is revealed. Now, up until now, we only know Shadow's wife is dead. Now we learn that his best friend and employer is also dead. And we're learning this along with him. So everything that he was coming home to, his wife, his best friend, and his job is gone. So now we're in the middle of your scene. Now, scenes vary in length. Some scenes are short, some are long, some encompass an entire chapter. So there's no definitive midpoint. 
But once you've launched your scene and put your characters into action, the middle is where the major conflict of the scene plays out. So you've put your character into some situation or some interaction that he or she has to respond to and deal with. So Shadow's situation is he's just been released from prison. So instead of going home to his wife, he's going to her funeral. So you want to be careful not to get sidetracked into narrative summary or backstory here. Put your character into motion. Complicate things. Up the ante. So how do you do this? You withhold what they want. You either delay them getting what they want out of this scene or don't give it to them at all. You can withhold information, withhold an object, withhold emotions. So if your character comes into the scene trying to smooth things over with his wife after they've fought, how might she withhold the reconciliation he wants? Maybe she wouldn't respond at all. Maybe she would stonewall him. Or she might say she doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe she'd sleep on the couch. However she responds, you're not going to rush to resolution here. As an example, in American Gods, he's on the plane bound for home. There's turbulence. It's a rough flight. He falls asleep twice. And when the plane lands, instead of landing at his destination, he winds up in an unfamiliar place. He's confused. He learns that his flight was redirected due to the storm. He misses the connecting flight. He runs and runs and misses it. And finally, he makes another connecting flight. And this is where things get even more complicated, more bizarre, and more strange. The seat he's assigned to has someone else sitting in it. The flight attendant moves Shadow to first class, and he's seated next to a man we come to know as Mr. Wednesday. So in Shadow's case, knowledge is being held in abeyance. We're just as in the dark as he is. This is how we create suspense, right? And as the scene progresses, we learn that Wednesday knows things about Shadow. He knows his name. He knows his wife is dead. He offers Shadow a job. Shadow refuses and tells him he has a job waiting. Mr. Wednesday tells him there is no job waiting for him. And we, along with Shadow, don't yet understand who Mr. Wednesday is, how Mr. Wednesday knows these things, but just like Shadow, we do not trust him. So things are getting more and more mysterious and complicated for Shadow. He wants to get home to his wife's funeral, and we're not even sure he's going to make it. So readers crave danger. They crave Physical danger, yes, so your character might be up against a warring tribe, for example. But we also crave emotional danger. I think we crave emotional danger more than the physical danger. Shadow is in emotional danger. He's vulnerable. He's all alone. He's on the outside world, which 
after three years in prison is jarring and confusing. He's in unfamiliar territory. So the middle of the scene ups the ante moment by moment. It complicates things for Shadow. It delays him from getting to his wife's funeral. And now he may even be out of a job. And then we have the ending of your scene. At the end of a scene, the reader will be more deeply drawn into the story and will feel emotionally invested in what happens next. The scene ending also gives the reader a chance to pause and take a breath and digest what just happened. Your character has either gotten what he or she wants from the scene, this situation, this interaction, or not. So now it's time to land the scene. A successful scene ending will leave the reader eager to keep reading. For example, here we have Shadow. He's off the second plane. He's ready to drive 250 miles back home to his wife's funeral. He's rented a car. He stops in a bar for a drink. He goes to the bathroom. And who's there? Mr. Wednesday, who asks him, well, Shadow, do you want a job or not? And that's how he lands the scene. So we're left with questions. Who is Mr. Wednesday? And how does he know so much about Shadow? And will Shadow accept his job or not? What kind of job is it? There are many ways to land your scene. You can end with dialogue. For example, the scene that we just talked about ends with a question. We're wondering the same thing as Mr. Wednesday. Will Shadow accept his job or not? It can end with an image. Shadow tuned the radio to an oldie station and listened to songs that were current before he was born. Bob Dylan sang about a hard rain that was going to fall, and Shadow wondered if that rain had fallen yet or if it was something that was still going to happen. The road ahead of them was empty, and the ice crystals on the asphalt glittered like diamonds in the morning sun. It can end with a cliffhanger. Cars passed him. Shadow wished that there was a sidewalk. He tripped on something that he could not see in the dark and sprawled into the ditch on the side of the road, his right hand sinking into several inches of cold mud. He climbed to his feet and wiped his hands on the leg of his pants. He stood there awkwardly. He had only enough time to observe that there was someone beside him before something wet was forced over his nose and mouth and he tasted harsh chemical fumes. This time, the ditch seemed warm and comforting. Now, in some cases, you'll want to wrap up a certain plot point and move on, and that ending can be more conclusive, but most of your scenes, you want to think of keeping story loops open, meaning you don't take your scenes all the way to the finish. You end the scene in the middle of something so that readers have questions posited into their minds and read to have those questions answered. 
Okay, we've covered a lot here, so let's recap. Number one, a scene is a unit of story time. It's a realized moment. It's dramatic and immediate. You want to use scenes for insight, confrontation, turning points, revelation. Something new should be revealed in each scene. Number two, the beginning of your scene is to re-engage your reader into the plot. So you want to get into the action as soon as possible by the second or third paragraph. You want to set your scene intentions. What is your character's immediate desire? Will he or she get it? And very important, is this relevant to the main story arc? Number three, the middle of your scene complicates things. Here's where something is withheld from your protagonist. It could be an object. It could be information. It could be knowledge or emotion. And the suspense is built from that which is withheld. And number four, end the scene with dialogue, action, image, or a cliffhanger, but you want to leave the story loop open so the reader is compelled to keep reading to close the loop. So there you have it. I hope this episode helps you craft your scenes with more intention, more surprise, and more suspense. We're on hiatus for the next couple of weeks, but I'll be back in March with brand new episodes. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free writing resources, visit me at nancypinuccio.com. That's Nancy with an I, Pinuccio with two C's, nancypinuccio.com. As always, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon. <music>